Welcome to the Business Psychology Podcast, where we'll be discussing how businesses can use psychology to better understand human behaviour. I'm Rebecca Longman. And I'm Jessica Welch, talking to you from Innovation Bubble, a global consultancy. In each episode, we'll be discussing how psychology applies to current topics in the world of work. Sometimes we'll bring relevant guests, and other times it will just be the two of us. We hope you enjoy the Business Psychology Podcast. Business Psychology Podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us today. So in today's episode, it's just going to be the two of us, um, myself, Rebecca and Jess. And we're talking about um, some of the popular topics that are relevant in the industry today. So the things we're going to touch on are flexible working, um, unlimited vacation time and the impact that these things have on well-being in the workplace. Uh, so gradually, yourself a cup of coffee get comfortable um we're going to be with you for about the next 25 to 30 minutes uh just chewing the fat all right jess yeah exciting exciting time today yes no i know um yeah so where do you want to start well i think the thing that's on my mind at the moment that's certainly been big in the news recently um, is just flexible working in general. I think it's it's a growing uh, theme. It's something that, you know, it's coming out in lots of different ways. So lots of people are talking about work-life balance. People are going into sort of more what I would term non-traditional roles within the workplace, um, you know, having various different jobs and freelancing is becoming bigger. Um, you know, there's there's lots of opportunities out there to really shape your work life the way that you want it to be mm. um, and there's positives with that but I think there's negatives too so it'd be interesting to to delve into that I think mm. yeah I think you're right and I think especially with e- even larger companies now are embracing this whole thing of of either the remote working or, or flexible working so people work from home but also you know, if, if they live far from the office, they have to come in perhaps just one day a week or they're just freelancers, like you mentioned. And I think that comes with, um, you know, if you're a manager of one of these workers or a team of, of remote workers, um, how do you actually make sure that they are still part of the team, even though they're so far away? They you're not there's no face to face interaction whatsoever. Um you know, the impact on, on an individual there could be quite heavily negative, I think. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And and I think a lot of people have have tried to use technology to bridge that gap. And I think in some ways that works. Um, but again, I think there's problems with that. You know, uh, I think it really depends on how you use that technology. So I, I guess what I'm saying is that the technology is a tool um, and it's how often you use that and who you include in that um, and how how those conversations go. Uh, mm. You know, at the end of the day, it, the people who are using the technology are still people. So, th- so all of the tra- traditional rules apply. And I think sometimes some of those rules kind of go out of the window. Um, so, you know, I, I think often when we use technology we we tend to maybe rush things a little you know uh, we don't spend the time to um really get deep and, and dirty kind of thing with 
what's going on with those people? Um, you know, how do we kind of check in with them? What's happening in their day so far? And, and how have they been managing their workload? And, you know, all of this kind of stuff, we, we kind of schedule a, a meeting, we get the 30 minutes, we get done what we need to get done. And then we move on and we, we, we miss that general social interaction that mm. happens when you just see people on a day-to-day basis mm. um so, so i think there's there's an intention there that needs to be there to ensure that those conversations are are having um some depth to them and even from a performance management or performance review uh perspective how can you even you know how you know, unless it's unless the job description is is purely based on output and and you have deadlines and you're hitting your deadlines, but if your performance management requires some other kind of output, how do you, as a manager, ensure that the review you're given is is the correct one? How can you actually? And I think that's what I've heard. I, I went to an event. It was quite a while back now, actually, and that was the fear of a lot of the people. Um, that were there, some of the managers and, and um, HR leaders, they were, they were really unsure of how to kind of get their remote workers involved. Mm. Um, and I know, I think it was Monzo who said that one of the things that they do, but less from a performance management, but more about including them, is that when they have, so I think one of the things that they offered was free lunch. I, I can't remember the, how often, but it was free lunch um, in the office. But for the remote workers, what they did instead is they gave them uh, a voucher for them to use for their delivery or their local kind of takeaway so that they could still join in. The other thing mm. that they did as well, which I thought was speaking of the technology that you, that you brought up earlier was they had um, this big video screen in the office where remote workers could dial in and kind of be part of the office environment. So they could just see and hear the buzz and the vibe, but they didn't necessarily have to be part of or have a conversation with anyone. That could also be quite a good way, I think, to to overcome these these feelings of being so remote and so almost. I mean, I think in some cases it could turn into loneliness in in worst case scenarios. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I think that's interesting. This idea of being able to see the office and see what's happening there. Um, again, I think there's there's good things about that because you're getting to see. Um, you know, you're getting to have that broad overview in your mind of, of how the culture is playing out. But you're also feeling that disconnect because you're not inherently um, co-creating that culture because you're not there. Mm-hmm. Um, so so there's, there's a difficulty there with doing that. And uh, it's, it's a tough one to, to break down, I think. I, I, I mean, I, I think you know, I guess one of the the easiest ways, I suppose, to involve people is to just have more regular connections. Um, so yes, you have, you know, your weekly meeting, or yes, you have, um, you know, check-ins when there's something that you maybe need to get hold of, or, you know, there's a deadline for a piece of work. But then what about just sort of checking in and saying, hi, how's your day going to day and I think a lot of people do this through things like uh, slack you know they mm. they just have you know chit chat conversations um which I, I think then begins to give people a feel that they're they're actually part of that mm. that environment um mm. you know then they're, they're not so much disconnected because it actually even when people are in the office um 
or, or you know, on site or wherever it is that they're together, a lot of the communication that happens there now, even when people are in the same vicinity, is through technology. So mm. actually, you know, doing that with people who are in a remote situation is is probably is probably as useful. I think it's just remembering somehow that those people are still part of your culture. There's mm. there's a tendency to you know think that if someone's out of sight, they're out of mind, mm. um, and I think that that is that is the key. It's it's just remembering that these people exist um, and that they are they have something something of benefit to add. Um, mm. So I think that's that's an important part. But I think the the you know, the remote workers themselves are also responsible for this. So it's not, you cannot yeah. put all of it on, the responsibility doesn't fall only on, on you know, the, the, the workers that are in the office or the managers there. It's also completely on the individual that's working remotely. And I know one of the companies that we worked with, they, um, it was just about remote work. It, it was more about the fact that they traveled a lot. So their salespeople traveled loads and yeah. they would be gone for you know, weeks on end, but they, you know, as part of, I guess, checking in with their, with their people. And I know that they used Slack as well, but the other thing that they did was they, you know, they would send video messages and pictures and, and so they owned their own kind of journey within that, even though it may not have been the idea one, because they were often stuck in airports or meetings thousands and thousands of miles away. So then when they came back, there was this, the connection was already there. Um, because they had continuously updated and shared pictures and shared probably a little bit more intimate details in, than you would if mm. you were not traveling, because if you're just going to the canteen or somewhere to pick up some mm. lunch, it's highly unlikely that you're going to be taking pictures and sending to to the rest of the team and saying, look where I am, look what I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think there's some real uh, mileage in what you're saying there. Um, so just to kind of reference sort of a personal experience being, um, you know, someone who lives abroad and family and friends kind of being, you know, way, way, way away. Um, the the onus on taking responsibility to keep in touch with those people, because as soon as you leave it for a week or a couple of weeks, it's much harder to reconnect. Mm. Whereas when you are constantly, you know, you have kids sending pictures of the kids and you know, sending messages, asking people what's going on in their lives and just keeping that connection open on a mm. regular basis. You start to feel like those people are continually part of your life. Mm. They're not they're not distant in the same way. And, and it's a difficult thing to do. But I think once you get into the habit of doing it and, and making it part of your daily action, um, it doesn't become a time suck anymore. It becomes mm. something that's really important to your well-being, you know, and, mm. and to feeling as though you're um, part of the bigger picture. Um, but, but like you say, you've really got to take responsibility to do that. And if you don't do it for a certain period of time, then it can start to feel like a job, like something mm. you need to you need to do. You, you've got to get that foundation in place and then keep building on it. And, and that communication becomes a lot easier. Mm. Um, but I think it's interesting what you were saying about you know this uh, this idea of being distant from the office isn't just for people who you know have flex 
flexible working patterns um, or, you know, are freelancers or, or whatever it is that in their roles, it can be a big part of just your job. Like you're saying, mm. if you're a salesperson and you're out on the road a lot, you know, you're, you're again, you're disconnected. And it can also fit into uh, this n- new thing that's kind of come to, come into light really recently, which is people taking more vacation time you know they're getting more opportunity to have these unlimited vacations and and pick and choose when they take them well again that makes them distant from the office so you know how do you how do you manage that um Mm. that distance and that disconnection that can potentially occur with that Mm. I think there's a whole different um kind of connotation that comes with holiday though than than just working away or 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 flexible working because I think when you when you go on on holiday or vacation there's an expectation that you're going to kind of relax and disconnect from work and that's one of the main purposes why you're doing it so you are getting your break and you are rejuvenating yourself so you can come back you know brighter stronger whatever and I think that there's a that doesn't apply to remote workers um so I think um it's just it's just it's just different there but it is interesting with the whole with well the thing is it's not even that new is it with the unlimited vacation I know it's been around in the states for for many many years Mm. Uh, but I think what's happening now here in the UK it's becoming more of the norm Um, Mm. and I think they I read somewhere that uh, in the last two years it was a job recruit website somewhere that had done some research and they had seen a 20% rise in companies offering unlimited vacations in the UK in in the last two years. Mm. And that's quite a big... That's huge. Yeah, it is is huge. But then I also know um, that there's this whole question of, you know, is is unlimited vacation days really... Is it about HR or is it about PR? So then you have to question... You know, because if it do, it will attract a certain type of individual, um, mm. and the idea, I guess, in theory, sounds amazing. You can mm-hmm. go on vacation whenever you want. You you don't have to ask anyone. Less process. All of these kind of things that you wouldn't expect. Mm-hmm. But but I think in practice, it, it looks very very different. Well, do you think people are are actually taking that time? Are are they using that opportunity? for the unlimited vacation or, or are they feeling a sense of like a you know so-and-so my colleague in this team has taken four weeks this year therefore I should only take three and a half um, mm. um or you know I I feel as though I've worked harder than this person who's taken five weeks therefore I'm going to take six like mm. it, it becomes um is there a potential for it to become almost like a, a power struggle, you know, um, mm. where people, there's sort of an, a sense of unwritten rules that start to come into play of, of how people manage this benefit. Absolutely. And I think that that, you know, the unwritten rules, that's the entire thing here. I think that that's the mm. difficulty in managing that because that touches on, I mean, we know the psychological contract. We know that, that, right. that those are a set of assumptions that we make ourselves that are unspoken completely Mm. and it's purely based on perhaps the culture of the company what you see as accepted by others 
so I think it's 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 dangerous to just I know with Netflix who I guess are considered the pioneers of, of this whole thing, mm-hmm. their their only kind of catchphrase when it came to their vacation days was um act in Netflix Netflix's best interest. Mm. And and I think that's a great way, but that also then has to extend to the people that you hire so that you are hiring these the, the right set of people that will actually do this. You mm. know and I think how do you ensure that because people are different and if you're if you're let's say you're taking a huge company a legacy company that's been around for years and years if you were to introduce this into I don't know who can we even take as an example um I don't know um but how do you know that everyone's going to treat this the way that they should right without any kind of yeah no, carry on, carry on. No, no, without any kind of indication of what's okay. So do you then yeah. instead say, you know, a minimum of X amount, a maximum of X amount of days? I don't know if there's a range of days you put instead, and I, I, I don't know how to... Yeah, I, it's interesting. I, I, I wonder whether putting parameters in like that might even um, give people more sense of of trying to... F- figure out where they fit in that power continuum you know um am I someone who's entitled to the maximum amount or am I have I only worked this hard or am I working more hard than that person I wonder whether a way of trying to manage this is something that you kind of referred to just before there which is um starting to understand you know it was that was what you said you said about uh, acting in the best interests of Netflix. Well, mm. in the best interests, there's there's kind of a few ways you could look at that. One is, mm. uh, you know, how do we maximize productivity and um, efficiency at Netflix? Mm. So that could be in terms of, you know, maximizing um, sales. It could be maximizing consumer interactions. It could be, um, you know, making processes and systems more efficient. But then it could be, um, how do we, if we're going to maximize those interactions, are we measuring the quality of those interactions with consumers? And, and what, what is it that um, influences those quality of interactions? Well, that would then come down to how well rested are the employees? How mm. motivated are they to perform? Mm. Um, you know, have they got the resources that they need to do the best job that they need to do? So then it becomes about understanding how to manage your own well-being um, mm. and recognize the signs when perhaps you're close to burnout or you're um, you know you're in a, a really good place um, and and using that information to make your own decisions about how much vacation time that you need to, to make that so mm. uh, so it's it's kind of putting putting a cultural um, set of parameters in place that this is what we're working towards this is what we're Mm. trying to achieve within our culture what do you need to do as an individual to help us to get to that place Mm. yeah and what do we need to then do as a team to make that so you know Mm. yeah no I think that sounds like a really good idea I think the other thing though the other negative with this and the impact on I guess mental health and well-being that this has had in some companies is that I think some employees have said that the not knowing has caused them a, a level of anxiety that they right. didn't want. 
you know, they, there's enough of that at work. So, so having mm-hmm. that framework of, okay, I have 25 days or how, however much they have that, that actually was good for them because they knew, but the uncertainty and the kind of comparison, like you said before, do I deserve mm-hmm. this? Should I be taking this? Have I been here long enough? All these questions caused them anxiety. And instead yeah. of taking the vacation, they didn't take it. And obviously we know the impact that that has on well-being. You right. become over overworked and, and then potential burnout and stress and, you know, all these negative outcomes of, of, so, so I think you're right. There has to be some level of parameter put in place. Um, and then it's all about how you communicate it. I think, I think that's where it can easily fall down. Just saying you now have unlimited vacation days, take it as, and when you wish, yeah. as long as your work is done, that's just not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to come along with a consistent message that reaches every single one. Yeah, I agree with that. And and I think one of the other things that, you know, we have to think about with uh, there being unlimited vacation time is, is much like, so one of the things I've seen here in the US with their, things like maternity and paternity leave, you know, one of the reasons they say that the amount offered here is so little is that, you know, what do those employers do when those employees aren't there? Mm for a, a prolonged period of time. Well, that could potentially happen again with vacation time. You know, if people um, abuse the system in some way or, or even mm. believe that, you know, they need, I don't know, 10 or 12 weeks a year or more vacation time, then how do you manage that time where those people are out of the office? What do you do about productivity in those teams? How do the mm. people left behind recreate their their team dynamic to deliver on the things that that they need to deliver on and and what about the impact that it has on those people that are left you know how do they how do they manage their um their stress levels and their efficiency and their productivity you know so there's there's so many avenues to consider about how you do that and and maybe that's part of that you know kind of well-being program of managing your own well-being considering your, the impact that your decisions make on, on others around you. Um, mm. you know, it's, it's got to be part of it, I, I'd say. Yeah. I think the other thing here that we haven't even touched on that I think is quite interesting is the level of trust that is uh, needed for, for something like this. To, to, so, so I guess both ways. So the employer right. has to trust that the em- employees are going to not abuse this this policy at all and, and mm. do the right thing by themselves and the company and you know that's that's a major thing because I feel like some of the clients that we've worked with in innovation bubble one of the major aspects that's been lacking has been the level of trust that they've been given yeah. so I wonder um is it a genuine trust that that's there for for these companies that have have gone through and, 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 you know, successfully managed these policies or I, I, I don't know. I just, um, because I know some, some companies and some CEOs, they, they wouldn't even consider remote working. They're like, no, if you're not yeah. in the office, then I don't know that you're working. So it's, it's that thing where I, I, yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting aspect as well. I think one of the things that's really important here that you're, you're alluding to is the idea that whichever company it is that you're working with talking about um 
you know, you're either within it or as a consultant, you're working with them is to perform a cultural assessment. You know, you've really got to understand, is this a company that's going to work well with this kind of uh, uh, benefit in place? And, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, something that I hear about a lot, which I, I think it's probably been termed this before, but but this is the terminology I'm going to use, which is the Amazon effect. You know, if Amazon are doing it or Google are doing it, then we should mm. do it. Well, that's mm. not really how how things how pan yeah. out. You know, every culture is different. Every set of people are different. Every team is different. Um, so what's going to work for one company won't necessarily work for yours. Mm. And and that's the key. It's not jumping on, you know, the the trendy things that are out there in, in the in the workplace that, you know, you think, yes, that's what I should be doing because everyone else is doing it. You've got to figure out, is it right for us? And Mm. and you can't figure that out just by, you know, being one person at the top or a leader or a set of managers. You've really got to spend time with your teams and the employees working on the, on the, on the ground. Is this something that is of benefit to you? Will you feel comfortable with this opportunity to do this or will you will it it cause you anxiety will it cause you stress will it make things harder and and you're only going to know that by asking people Mm. I think the other thing here is that I know that some companies they've um they've introduced it for for part of their team so Virgin for example they were one of the first ones here in the UK I think but they only introduced uh unlimited working unlimited vacation day sorry for um virgin management which was i think at the time i don't know what it is right now but it was like 170 people and and virgin as you can imagine they have thousands and thousands of employees so so Mm. what does that what does that or number one how does that communicate to the rest of the employees when they're like well why do they get that and why don't i and and are you then saying that you don't trust me but you trust them you know how how do you manage that and how is that you know, I find that really, really a difficult one to to figure out because I think some comp- some sorry professions it wouldn't work. Like I think you mentioned it before a little bit on the team dynamics and all that stuff. But if you take, for example, maybe pilots or nurses or doctors, or I know that they are quite um, different occupations, but it wouldn't work there. And I guess to the mm. same extent, it may not work in every single aspect of virgins. Um, yeah, because there's sort of shift work and a, yeah. a number of people that need to be in at any one time. And yeah, to, to make sure that you you meet the needs of the customers and particularly like you're saying, you know, in a, in a hospital situation or something like that, you, you have to have enough people there to make sure that the patients are cared for. Right. So mm-hmm. that kind of um, opportunity, yeah, it wouldn't work in that sort of environment. Um, so you, you've got to understand again it's back to understanding your culture and also communicating with people you know if you're going to introduce something like that at the management level and you don't communicate it effectively or or discuss it with the rest Mm. of the organization and explain why this has been put in place at this level um, Mm. and ensure that people have a a depth of understanding about why they're being treated differently um, then you're going to get backlash. You're going to get people who say, well, yeah, it's not fair. Um, the the only real way to um, break down those barriers is to break down the barriers and mm. to, to treat people as individuals, um, not within, you know, a, a hierarchy. 
where people feel they're not as important they're not as valued because every Mm. person is value and every person adds their value in some way Mm. um and it's really about connecting to that and making sure that people feel that um Mm. and I think that's that's probably what we're talking about in general here in everything that we've touched on you know we're trying to figure out what is the best way to ensure that people feel valued at work and Mm. and how much control can we give them to allow them to shape that in a way that works for them and their lives um you know but also meet the needs of a company that needs to be productive and that needs to meet the needs of its consumers because that's why those companies exist and it's finding that line and and for me that that line is different for every company and it's the only way that you're going to figure it out is by discussion and Mm. spending time understanding who your people are Mm. um and and so I think I think that's the crux of it really yeah um yeah I think I think you're right I think it's all about the balance of 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 uh the needs of both the employees and the needs of the business as well and just finding that that's but like you said it's individual to each and every business I I think on the opposite end of this what's been interesting that's that's come out in the in the news lately is that people are not actually taking their vacation days um and we know the impact of that you know Mm. it's not a good thing I think that I've seen some companies are offering um cash incentives or stipends rather for their employees to encourage them to take vacations and holiday and to make sure that they actually use use it all up um and I wonder whether that's a way is that a better way than to offer unlimited I think it could be and and I think um if you if you think about the recognition programs and reward programs that are in place at companies at some companies uh you know there's things like uh being able to to um uh have oh, I'm sorry lost my train of thought um uh re- reward and recognition programs at companies so if you think about that the people are being offered things like um you know, a free lunch or they're being offered um, the opportunity to play at the ping pong table game that's in the office or, Mm -hmm. you know, things that are really, as I would term them, extrinsic extrinsic motivators. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they're things that are very short-lived and they don't really get to the crux of people and their well-being. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the vacation option is actually something that gets into thinking about how people um, operate and and ensuring that they take time out to rest, putting mm. that in place for them. Uh, but but also there are people who find taking that time off stressful because they're overloaded mm. at work, and you know they're not they don't have the opportunity. Uh, to feel as though they can get everything done so so it's not I think it's important to not just give people that time and and give them almost um, almost an instruction to take it it's working with them to manage their feelings around the impact that that has on them as an individual if they're not someone who finds it easy to take time out well why do they not find it easy to take time out Mm. do they have too much work on 
Do they have an unsupportive team? Do they have things going on at home that are, are, are making them feel more comfortable to be at work? You know, you, you need to figure this stuff out um, to understand whether or not that action is the best course of action for those that person or those people. Mm. Uh, so again, it comes back down to spending time understanding and communicating with the people who matter. Mm. Um, and I feel like that's that's the common kind of denominator for for solving any problem, really, or mm. or maybe not even a problem, but preventing problems too. Yeah, you know, do make sure that that the time is spent. And I and I think that often, you know, in particular in the work that we do, you know, we'd come in once the once a problem is already. A, arose and and we're there to fix it rather than you know if it was prevented which often I think can be done by these discussions and the communications and really fully truly knowing what is it that your employees need from you why do they need this and 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 you know how do they differ between the different teams and and I mean there's a lot for for you know managers and 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 companies to consider in these situations but I think it's so worth taking the time out to really spending time with your employees and and figuring out what is it that they need and how can you somehow give that to them without compromising any of your business goals yeah I absolutely agree and and I think there's probably a whole other topic of conversation there's probably people saying well how do we do that right now you know (laughs) shouting at the thing well how do we create that time We're, we're already really busy so I think maybe that's a topic of conversation for the future about how you carve out that time um, Absolutely. To, to make time for the people that, that are important. Because it is, I agree absolutely that that's what's needed, but sometimes you do get overloaded. So, yeah. But I think, um, I think that's pretty much what we, all we've got time for today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been really interesting discussion. I, I've really, really enjoyed that. So thank you. Yes. No, thank you. It was great. Um, and I think next week, or not next week, but in a couple of weeks, we will be back uh, with another guest. So you don't have to listen to just us next time. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but it, it just makes a change just for us to kind of um, talk a little bit too, because there's so much out there. There's so much research and so much in the news about things. So it's just interesting for us to kind of keep track and, and, and talk about things too. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's completely the, the objective today. And, and if you've, you've got um, comments and topics that you want to add to the discussion, um, you know, we're on Twitter. Uh, you can contact us there or you can get in touch with us um, on our website, um, innovation.eu, innovationbubble.eu. Um, and, you know, we'd love to continue the discussion. So reach out, get in touch um, and we'll chat to you again in a couple of weeks. Yes. Thank you so much for today. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Business Psychology Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our discussion today. Join us next time with a brand new topic. Please tune in then.